You are listening to the Men's File podcast. Men's File is a hard copy English language magazine published in Tokyo. We are, we believe, the world's biggest selling vintage style publication, and we cover the collecting of antique and mid century clothing, replica fashions, the denim scene, old and custom bikes and cars, art, architecture, and wider design of the early and mid 20th century. Although we celebrate the aesthetics of the handmade and self crafted object, we tend to focus on the maker. Builder, artist, or designer, and ask them to allow our readers into their lives for that all important glimpse from which we might learn much about style. That's the magazine, and this is the podcast that has an identical remit. To find out more and stay updated, please go to our website at www.mensfile.com. Dot com and sign up for our newsletter. Konnichiwa. The Tokyo Crow is a program that investigates style based phenomena in or connected with Japan. The subject matter that follows links directly with the features in Men's File magazine but presents them in far greater depth. And offers the listener those vivid mind pictures that are unique to the medium of the spoken word. Today we visit some of the hipper places in the Shibuya area and, I hope, provide some inspiration for would be visitors. You might find it informative to look at an online map and trace the various routes we take and investigate the stop offs in more detail. So, let's get on with the journey. Arigato gozaimasu. The soundscape of Tokyo is punctuated by the sound of trains. Maybe in the same way that New York, you hear constant sirens and so forth. In Japan, everything is based around the position and the importance of the station. And Tokyo is no different. You navigate by stations, you obviously travel by train, and you work out where everything is in relation to the station. And I'm just walking underneath the station at Nakameguro. I've just walked down, I went past the Ebisu jeans shop, very impressive. And now I'm down at the bottom of the valley, right by the river that runs through Nakameguro. A river which is encased in a culvert. It's an open, open river, but there's no natural riverbed. It's reinforced concrete on the bottom and on each side. Now, this area is not only a kind of happening fashion and style and design area, but it's also the place where the Cherry Blossom Festival. Is focused in this part of Tokyo. And along the side, both sides of the river, are many very large and mature cherry trees, which during the springtime in the Sakura period, Sakura means cherry blossom, not plum blossom, but cherry blossom. During that period, it's just a gigantic and 
very, very impressive and spectacular mass of, of pink. And people come down, they close the roads off, there's street food, there's some music and entertainment and so forth. And it's uh, very impressive. That's somebody backing... It sounds like a drunk person in Britain, but it's actually somebody backing out a truck. There's lots of people in Tokyo whose job is purely just to back trucks out of tight areas. They wear a uniform, they carry a red lighted baton. It's an electric baton. Looks like a kind of little mini lightsaber. And they, they supervise the traffic. They're totally private. And it's like a kind of night watchman job. But it's a very, very popular and respectable job in Japan to do something like that. Anyway, I'm down here at the bottom of this valley. There's a river. It's encased in a concrete uh, channel, if you like. It's about 20 meters across. It's pretty big. The river is running through it. I'm going to take a look over the edge. It's only about 30 centimeters of water at the moment, but obviously at different times of the year they have snow melts from the mountains and floods and so forth. We're expecting a typhoon as it happens tomorrow. And I'm going to walk along both sides of the river and see what I can see. I'm going to look in every nook and cranny, consider every piece of design. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm in Nakamegaro still. When I came out the station, I walked down the right-hand side of the river and I walked past the Nigel Caborn store, the army gym. There's one for men and one for women. It's always impressive. Whatever they do in Japan, it will always be more than you can, you can get in Europe. Next door to the women's army gym is a Filson, and the same goes for Filson. There's such a huge range of items that I speculate are made only for the Japanese market. I'm right down at the end of the, of the part of the, on the right-hand side of the river, the end of the river bank where the cherry trees stop, and I'm outside a store called Prod, P-R-O-D, but it's actually the flagship store for a brand called Figvel. That's Fig with a PH, Figval. It's a beautiful store. It's got that kind of mixture of English club style, yachting, yachting club maybe. There's some brass, some weathered brass rails, a lot of nice wood, stripped wood that's been then aged and repolished. There's some nice benches outside. In terms of store design, it's superb. The product is superb as well. It's a kind of Japanese version of Englishness. There's a gentleman just walking past me with three borzoi dogs. Very beautiful, very impressive. I've never seen anything like it. Anyway, let's get back to Nakamegoro. I'm gonna cross over the river. There are many bridges and walk down the left-hand side, when I say left, I mean that's coming from the station and uh, see what I can see there. I would note that it's four o'clock in the afternoon, overcast and gray, it's been raining, the typhoon is on its way and suddenly the temperature has just shot up. It's probably about 25, 26 degrees now and I'm assuming that's probably the warm front in front of the, the storm, though that is very much the opinion of a very amateur meteorologist. 
After walking to the end of the right-hand side of the river in Nakamegaro, I crossed over to the left and walked back towards the station. Kind of halfway is a cool coffee store called Sidewalk Stand. It's beautifully designed. There's a very small downstairs and a very small upstairs. Next door is a very beautifully designed fashion store. Not really anything to do with men's file readers. I think it's called Vendor. If you're a store designer or you're interested in retail design, it's a place to look at. Across on the other side, in that, across the other side, back on the right-hand side again, just cross the bridge from the coffee stand, and there is another kind of coffee concept store. I'm trying to look across and see what it's called, but I, I actually can't see. But you just need to explore this area. There's also on the left-hand side, coming from the station, that's where I am now, where the coffee stand is, sidewalk stand. There's also an amazing kimono store. They've got women's kimonos and kimono jackets, but they've also got men's. It's very impressive. These are all things that it's going to take you a little while to figure out. You need to walk up one side and down the other and take your time and have a coffee. Leaving sidewalk stand, you walk back over the bridge and you head up the hill if you want to get to back to the centre of Daikanyama and particularly to what many would say was the world's greatest bookshop, the Steyr Bookshop. It's more than a bookshop, it's a kind of book village, a postmodern book village. Beautifully designed, beautifully thought out. And I'm going to walk up, walk up the hill now, it's a bit of a trek, and find that village and try to describe it to you, describe what's going on there. If you are of a delicate disposition, take your time walking up the hill from Nakamegoro up to the Staya bookshop in Daikanyama because it's a very long and steep hill. Anyway, <laughs> I just walked up the hill and walked up the side of the Egyptian embassy, which is a curious building because they've kind of built it in the style of an ancient Egyptian ruin. Difficult to imagine, but you just have to take my word for it with kind of gold sphinxes and stuff outside. Anyway, uh, yes, so if you're near to the Egyptian embassy, you're right on the Staya. An English person might pronounce it Sutaya Bookshop, or I'm going to call it a book village. It's a collection of postmodern buildings, highly designed which have cafes, restaurants, there's an electric bicycle store and a lot of books and magazines. Uh, there's music, there's a music archive, records, vinyl, CDs and so forth. It really is a retail phenomenon, I would say. I'm going to start looking around. I'm sure I won't be allowed to record when I'm inside, but I'll go into each building or some of the buildings and when I get outside I'll be able to explain to you what was what was going on. You can probably hear those birds. I, I just came out of the Steyr shop. This postmodern 
very, very contemporary designed group of buildings in Daikanyama. I've been into the store hundreds of times and I never fail to be totally blown away by the selection of books and magazines and records and CDs. There's a beautiful cafe, in fact there's two cafes, there's a convenience store, there's little retail exhibitions. Make no mistake, this is about making money. Everything in Tokyo is about making money. But it's just done in a very, very elegant way. I'm just, I've just, I'm outside the building. The birds have come to roost, you can probably hear them. They're still awake, even though it's almost dark and singing away because of the bright lights of the buildings. But I'm just turning around, looking back into the window and I can see a beautiful, very large scale model of an Italian sports car. I can see it's made by Bottoni, but I, oh, it's a Lamborghini, I think. Maybe it's a Mura, part of an exhibition. Then there's a 911 Turbo, beautiful, beautiful models in Perspex cases and they're in the car section. I'm looking from the outside in. It's just endless. There's nothing like this at all. Actually, the motorcycle books and magazine section is incredible. It's vast. They've got magazines from all over Europe, United States, but actually the best custom bike magazines are from, from Japan. And if, if you're into Harley Davidson, old Harley Davidson, it's probably Roller. R-O-L-L-E-R, -L -L -E Roller, that is, is the most impressive. Well, I went in the convenience store and I bought myself a sandwich and a pokari sweat because it's very, very hot and that's an isotonic drink. I've been perspiring a little bit, so I'm going to replace those vital minerals and sit down and eat my sandwich, find a dry place outside because the, the typhoon is coming in and it's, it's quite damp. I finally made it back to my hotel room before the typhoon really hit hard. I'm up on the ninth floor now in my room. I'm looking out of the window onto the Tokyo skyline, which is a mishmash of styles and designs and scales. There's a sort of layering in front of me, a layering of history and ideas of past epochs and even visions of the future but at the moment the whole thing is shrouded in a heavy mist which is caused by an extraordinary cascade of rain not the sort of rain we have back in the UK or in Europe this is something for me at least that's highly unusual the typhoon is in full swing, which basically means torrential rain. And I'm just about to go out into it to go to a convi convenience store and try and get some food. There might even be a restaurant open, but I think everything in Tokyo is closed. Ah, I can see across the street that the Lawson, which is a convenience store, Convi, is actually open. So hopefully 
I'll be able to get a sandwich or something for my breakfast. Leave my umbrella outside. Looking through all the shelves of colourful items. Taking my umbrella. People don't tend to steal things in Japan. Still outside in the official umbrella rack. Back out into the typhoon. Some more or less deserted. It's the morning after the storm and it's departed as fast as it arrived. It's a beautiful morning, clear blue sky. Public transport seems to be running, even though it was predicted it, it wouldn't be the morning after the storm. A lot of stores and uh, facilities, public facilities, are still closed, but it really is a beautiful day. So I'm going to continue on my walk that was so rudely interrupted by an inconvenient typhoon last night and get back up to Daikanyama, then on to central Shibuya, then Jingu Mai, and then Uraharajuku. As I said before, it's beautifully sunny, very warm and dry, beautiful day. And I'm here in the Langlitz Leather Store in Tokyo on a street which is close to the, close to my hotel, close to the New South exit of the JR Shibuya Station exit and parallel with Meiji Dori. And I'm here in the Langlitz Leather Store looking at an amazing collection of new and vintage jackets from Langlitz in Portland. Langlitz Leathers is a historic motorcycle leathers brand started in Portland after the war by Mr. Ross Langlitz. It's legendary. It, it's up there with the absolute elite of motorcycle leather wear. And this is the Hong, this is the Tokyo branch. I almost said Hong Kong. This is the Tokyo branch. And they tend to order not from the regular contemporary stuff that you see on the Langlitz site, but they go back into the back catalogue and you can order a lot of old styles through the Tokyo branch, through the Japanese end of, of Langlitz leathers. And they make in vintage style leathers, vintage colours and so forth. So you can get that old motorcycle racer look or that old rider look with the Japanese Langlitz brand. Now Ken, who is the store manager and number one shopkeeper here. He rides in every day. He's a motorcycle collector, but not just any kind of collector and always rides in on something special. Today he's got his Harley Davidson Magnum. Now you might say, what is that? Well, I can tell you it's a very unusual bike. It's a, it has a WL bottom end and block. It has a custom made transmission and then the top end, the barrels and the head, are actually from 
a post-1957 sportster, the sportsters that actually existed between 57 and 70. He doesn't know exactly when that engine was put together. It, it's, it's an extraordinary machine. Now, I'm just going to ask Ken, Ken, who designed your bike? Uh, Randy Smith. Now, there's that famous picture of Randy picking up the bike with both hands and lifting it off the ground because it was so light. Ken is on the bike and he's going to start it up. So let's hear the Harley-Davidson Magnum start. What a sound. It's a 1949 frame and bottom end, custom-made transmission, Harley-Davidson Sportster head and barrels. It's a hardtail, obviously, and Ken rides it into work every day through the streets of Tokyo. I just crossed over the train track on a pedestrian footbridge, and as I come down, I see in front of me Tenderloin. That's an interesting store with an interesting history because it goes back to the 1990s when revival style in Japan kind of went big, kind of went mainstream. People were taking original vintage garments and not just copying them as replicas, that's a kind of different part of the market, but using them as inspiration for contemporary clothing. Just round the corner from Tenderloin is an amazing leather-working gallery, if you like. It's a, it's a shop, but it's a kind of gallery where they're making Navajo-inspired leather goods and selling items from brands like Hummingbird, who make bags and so forth from original Pendleton blankets. They're also selling silver jewellery and things like deerskin boots. It's, it's really worth it investigating. It's called Sugar Mountain. Sugar Mountain. And the, the main brand inside is Owl Song. Anyway, I'm now heading towards the warehouse store in Eversu. So I'm walking from the train track, from the footbridge, and heading towards Eversu Station. Now, the word for station in Japanese is Eke. Eke. And the word for where is doko. So if you want to know where Ebisu Station is, if you need to ask somebody, you can say Ebisu Eki wa doko desu ka? Meaning, where is the station? Hope that helps. Arigato gozaimasu. Tomo. I just left the Crossroads Bakery. It's a very nice place. Beautifully baked, kind of artisan breads and continental style pastries. They, they have a kind of funny rule there that you, you can't just buy bread and sandwiches and stuff and sit down. You actually have to buy a drink and they have a sign up saying, we expect each customer to buy at least one drink. And this is a very typical style of marketing in Japan. It almost says to you, we're very polite, we offer an amazing product and service, but we expect you to play your part too. 
That's Japan. After my tasty experience in the Crossroads Bakery, I just literally walked around the corner and immediately in front of me was the warehouse store. Warehouse is one of the original Osaka Five. These were the, the jeans makers in the 1990s who decided to make highly accurate replicas of 1940s, 1950s, 1960s American denims. They're called the Osaka Five because they were from the west part of Japan, west part of Honshu, the main island. But now Warehouse is an international brand and they don't just sell denims, they sell just about everything in the area of workwear, military, American sportswear of the mid-century period. I actually just bought two lightweight American college football shirts and I'm looking forward to wearing them. If you come out of the warehouse store and you turn right, you head towards Ebisu Station, Ebisu Eki. By the way, that's a famous Tokyo crow you can hear in the background, squawking away. Ebisu Station area is famous for nightlife and love hotels. Basically, you can go for a meal with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever and then you can rent a luxury hotel room by the hour. I'm actually surprised that only exists in Japan, really. But it's famous for that. I'm not going to go in that direction. I'm turning left out of the store, walking up a hill through a residential area to Daikanyama Station. Everything in Tokyo is gauged by stations. So I'm heading up towards there. I'm not going to get on the train. If I turn right, I'll walk down a hill on the other side of the station you walk past the dry bone store that was one of the early brands which started doing rockabilly replica clothing so that that style of clothing but i'm going to keep going i walked along cat street from meiji dori it's an interesting street it's got all the expected brands champion and there's a, a ralph lauren denim and supply store and so forth then i crossed Omotosando Dori by the footbridge and then I went straight down the side of the big Ralph Lauren store and that took me into Ura Harajuku. This was a, a kind of dead area 30 years ago and it was developed during a very very exciting period in the history of Japanese fashion just after the bubble, the bubble period in the 1980s up to the early 1990s there was a kind of interest in American streetwear. That's when brands like A Bathing Ape started. You could call it the Hiroshi Fujiwara era, if you like, because the DJ, stylist, designer, oh gosh, she does so many things, put this place, Ura Harajuku, on the map. Ura means the back of or behind, behind Harajuku. And this is another labyrinth of streets. Anyway, I'm just looking to my left and I'm seeing the Full Count store. They were one of the original Osaka 5 jeans makers. And opposite, if you're looking at retail design, is a fantastic space. It's called Unbi, U-N-B-Y, Unbi General Goods Store. And I'm just about to go inside. Looks like they sell everything from 
hunting knives to surfboards. Just walking further on in, into the centre of Urahajuku towards the Deus store. Again, beautiful piece of store design. There's a cafe and you can buy some stuff. And I just thought I'd better mention the reason that I'm not giving you many street names and that's because in Japan there are really no conventional addresses like we have in Europe or the USA. Everything is done by complex postcodes and if you want to find something, well before the internet it was all done by maps. You had to take a map with you and there would be landmarks that were given to you by the owner of the place that you were going to, someone's house or a shop or a business or whatever, and they would have a special map done and they would somehow send it to you, or they would give you instructions based on the position of the local underground station. With the internet, of course, you can get straight onto Google Maps and it will take you there. It's not really necessary. So I'm not giving you addresses. These are things you're going to have to look up yourself online by the names I'm giving you in the areas and then use Google Maps to get there. I just came to the end of the street that takes you through the centre of Uraharajuku, the one that goes, that you start at Omotosendo Dori at the Ralph Lauren store, walk down the side of the Ralph Lauren store, and you walk for about half a mile. And there's a massive queue of young people on the pavement. This is quite common to see in shopping areas in Tokyo. There will be some new product could be donuts, could be handbags, could be some kind of new watch that everybody's got into and they've all decided to queue up even if they have to wait an hour or two to get into the store. They only let so many people in at a time. But I'm going to, I'm not even going to investigate because I'm actually looking at the HW Dog & Co store, the hat makers. They've got a big range of hats and I'm, I'm going to go inside and see what, what they're doing. I'm, I'm in the HW Dog hat store, and luckily they're one of the ladies that works in the store. What, what is your name, Miss? Honaka. Miss Honaka. She, um, she speaks very good English, so I'm going to ask her about this queue, this long line, that's leading to a store called Girls Don't Cry. What, what is Girls Don't Cry? I've never even heard of it. What's it all about? Tell our listeners, please. Well, I'm not really sure about it too, but um, I guess it's a collaboration with uh, with big brands like United Supreme Arrows or something. Oh, with and, United Arrows. And uh, some guy called, I don't know, like a hip-hop or whatever artist from US. Yes. Yeah. He's done a collaboration with yeah, Girls yeah, Don't yeah, Cry. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's his brand. Oh, it's his brand. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to need to find out. I know. <laughs> I guess I guess a lot of listeners will be thinking, I, "What? You don't know Girls Don't Cry?" But I really don't know it. Yeah, I researched that brand like earlier. Yes. But I, I totally forgot the name of it. Be because the because of the of the queue, the line, yeah. you decided to research it. <laughs> yeah. It really is a phenomenon. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I've never seen anything like it. They lining up from this morning. Wow. Yeah. Straight after the typhoon as well. Uh huh. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Listen, thank you for giving us that information. No, sorry, I couldn't. Honaka-san, arigatou gozaimasu. Now hang on, this is crazy. I am now heading towards the Freewheeler store. It's 
called Desolation Row and towards Gladhand and that queue that I thought was going into United Arrows is still going. We're, we're, we're talking about a queue that could be 800 meters long. This is insane. I, I've got to find out what they're queuing for. Brand, Brando, line, line no Brando, wa nandiska. Watashi no Nihongo wa Taikimaru Simusen. Why are you waiting? Oh, this young gentleman in the, in, the, in the queue is showing me the name of the brand. Ah. Awake. Girls don't cry. Collabo items. Collabo items. Collaborations. Oh, very interesting. So it's a store that sells collaboration items. Collabo items. Arigato Arigato. So, yeah, collaborations. It's the, the next big thing here. This queue is... Maybe... I started off saying it's 50 meters long and then 800. And now I'm going to say... I think it might be a mile long. Wow. I left Desolation Row, that's the store of freewheelers. Came back out their street and turned left and I went to Gladhand. Their two brands, their main brands, well, they've got Gladhand, Weirdo, and Old Crow. That's Bobby Green's brand. But he's based in Los Angeles, so there's a kind of... Uh, collaboration there so once again collaborations seem to rule beautiful beautiful collections old crow weirdo and gladhand but the the umbrella company is gladhand and, and i came out and out of the store somebody probably one of the boys that worked in the worked in the shop had a police road king it's quite a new bike and it's probably in the 2000s bike and then the boys that worked in Three wheelers, one had a Honda 754, 1970s one. Somebody had a K-series Sportster, that's, that's a rare bike. The other person had a Glide, another rare bike. And that's part of the scene here. If you are connected with vintage-inspired clothing, replica clothing, mid-century-inspired clothing, it's obligatory to have a bike or a car, but car's not much use in Tokyo, to have a bike which kind of complements it. And this is something that we got into in London in the 90s, in many ways emulating what was happening in Tokyo, the beginnings of what was happening in Tokyo. But now it's omnipresent, it's everywhere. These rare bikes which Tokyo residents have picked up through the US, I guess there's dealers and importers who bring them in. It's almost like going to a bike museum. And there's the Lewis Leather store. Some nice bikes outside. I happen to know they're owned by the people that work there. There's a Kawasaki Z1000. Looks like a late 70s. Actually, there's two of them. Look like they're made in... One is maybe a little bit later than the other. And in the window is a BSA Lightning and all the jackets you expect from, from Lewis Leathers. I'm, I'm going to go inside and say hi to Sunasan. He's the manager of the store.
こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。こんにちは。あ、こんにちは。こんにちは。元気ですか。こんにちは。こんにちは。Lewis Leathers is the obviously the classic British historic motorcycle leathers brand. Started in 1892 in London and very, very popular in Japan. I'm inside the Higuma Donuts and Coffee Rights space. I'm going to call it a space because this is spectacular. This is a, a glass box with wooden corners and a kind of wooden loft above. And in the back is a traditional Japanese garden, like a dry river garden. This must be the best designed coffee shop anywhere in the world. It's really spectacular. And I'm going to order a latte for myself. Konnichiwa. Hotto latte kudasai. I'm really looking forward to this. I'm going to sit outside with Mr. Taka Okabe from Clutch Magazine and we're going to watch the world go by and enjoy our hot latte. In Japan, you must always say whether the coffee is hot or cold. Ice latte, hot latte, ice coffee, hot coffee. I'm going to wash my hands before I drink my coffee and I'm going to ask them where the bathroom is. トイレはどこですかありがとうございます。I'm walking back now towards Omoto Sando Dori and ultimately to Meiji Dori. I'll go past, I'll go through the big scramble square at the center of Shibuya and come out near to my hotel. You've probably heard me use the term san when I talk to somebody. Honoka san. It means Miss or Mr. So if you say Nick san, it's Mr. Nick. If you say John san, Mr. John. If you say Jenny san, it's Miss Jenny. And you can use it for a first name, which is quite friendly, and you can use it for a family name. You don't call yourself san. I don't say I am Nick san. I say I am Nick des. It means that's a statement, I am Nick. Des is a statement. Definer. Deska is a question definer. So if I said I am Nick Deska, it means am I Nick? I'm asking am I Nick? If I say Watashiwa, which means I am Nick Des, it means I'm certain my name is Nick. I'm making a statement. I want to guide you to an amazing noodle store. It's not expensive, in fact, far from it. I go as far as to say it's cheap. As you come down Catch Street from Omato Sando Dori, it's on the right hand side, and if you come down Catch Street from the Meiji Dori end, it's on the left hand side. It's in one of those labyrinths of streets, and you think you'll never find it, but it's actually very easy to find. It's next door to the Family Mart. I can't tell you the name because the name is up on a big orange hoarding in black kanji, and I can't read Japanese kanji, which is one of the Three type styles of the Japanese language, three writing systems, I should say. The way you get your noodles here is there's a vending machine on the outside with pictures of the different dishes. You put your money in, you press 
the dish you want, a voucher comes out, you give that to the waitress, you sit down and within a few minutes you get your noodles or your katsu curry or whatever it is you've ordered. This is an amazing place. I've eaten here many, many times. I've survived from this place and I highly recommend it. It's my last night in Tokyo. I did three days at the legendary CC show. I did two days of walking around Shibuya, taking you, the listeners, around Shibuya. And my last night, I'm here in the Streamline Cafe, just opposite the Fred Siegel store in Daikanyama. It's a wonderful place. You can tell by the name Streamline that maybe it's got something to do with the Art Deco period. And you would be right. It's built by the owner, by his own hands, nailed together and riveted together. I say riveted because it's built in the style of an ocean liner, a streamlined ocean liner of the 1920s. And the owner, Mr. Hide, is here with me now. And I'm going to ask him what his inspiration was for Streamline Cafe. What made you want to build the cafe in this style? Hi, hello. This is Hide. Uh, the image of design of Cafe Streamline was from the old German film, which was called Metropolis by uh, Fritz Lang. And when I watched that movie, I was so impressed by the image of a uh, retro futuristic image. So I followed uh, that image and chose uh, the materials and put many rivets and also the details uh, followed to uh, past Art Deco style. Wow, beautifully put. You see, I, I've in my imagination, I actually placed this as because of the rivets and the kind of bulkhead look. To me, it looked like the interior of a ship. But you've enlightened me that it was actually Fr Fritz Lang's Metropolis that, that gave you the inspiration. And I understand why. It's that mixture of uh, in industrial, streamline, deco, retrofuturism, all put into one, one thing. And, and let me say you've done an amazing job. This is a slot bar. It probably fits about 20 people. It's very intimate. It's extremely friendly. And, well, it's an overused term, but very, very cool. Hide, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Cicadas in the background. Air conditioning unit. the hum of the rails of the train line. This is the soundscape of Tokyo at night. A girl passes on a bicycle. An electric taxi turns, does a U-turn behind me. And the cicadas continue like they've done for millions of years, long before Tokyo was here, long before Shibuya was here. <laughs> 